0: Welcome to episode five of Detroit Dart Talk.
1: <laughs> I didn't, you said you were going to BS for a little bit. I didn't realize you were going to do the intro.
0: <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Detroit Dart Talk. I'm sorry I just yelled in your ears right there, but uh, <laughs> we've got in the studio today a curated selection of commentators here to bring you insights. We have Tim Wool, Connor McGaffey, and myself, Eric Shellman uh today we've been we've started it out with uh trying to do a little troubleshooting bringing you better auto audio quality every time up in the game as much as we can in the studio we have along with us foam on the walls that's right we have finally gotten the uh not the
1: dart kind
0: you're right not the dart kind although <laughs> sticking a bunch of darts on the walls might have worked but i don't know <laughs> Uh, we have foam on the wall. So hopefully you hear less echoes in this episode and just, uh, let us know in the comments. I know some of you have been replying to us with, uh, direct messages and in real life, in some cases, letting us know how we're doing. So we appreciate that and keep it up guys. Uh, I'm just going to preface this by saying, uh, real life job, uh, prevented me from doing a lot this weekend, so I'm going to lean heavily on my co-hosts for some of these topics uh, that they can uh, they can fill in uh, the gaps. So projects we've been working on this week, um, <laughs> as Tim has a little spill Sorry on himself. <laughs> there you go. You're good. Connor, have you had a chance to uh, to, to do anything this weekend? or If not, tell us about the phone panels.
2: Uh, yeah I did some things today uh this week. uh yeah, I went to the foam factory. it's like a almost an hour's drive, but it worked mm. out. did all one trip. I have a lot extra foam panels, so how does that I'll work? Get, how do they sell foam? Uh, it's like a massive warehouse, and uh mm-hmm. it's I've researched them and every like youtuber's like you gotta do the foam factory I looked them up and they're like a local company so I was like I'm just gonna
0: nice. drive yeah. out there
2: um yeah, they do all kinds of foam stuff, not just like the Acoustic treatment things, but all kinds of things. Do but... they
0: carry uh dart stock material? Can we get like a round tube of foam? And oh. I don't know,
1: make our own half lengths.
0: Like, hey, can you guys make some darts for us? That would never be price competitive at all. But no. you know, uh, yeah, one yes. of the things that it could be cool for, and something I've never understood, uh, because I don't know, I guess I was out of the loop, but. At the last End War, which we often reference because it's an event we all did together. So we've all seen this. But at End War, people were running around with giant Nerf darts that uh, they had people sign. And I thought that was really cool, but I have no idea where they got them from. They looked a little bit bigger than pool noodles, for sure. So the diameter was was not pool noodle material unless it was a special type. But I, I hadn't seen those before, and I thought it was really cool. So that might be something we could make from the foam factory. One
1: of the ones I saw was actually 3D printed.
0: The whole thing? The whole thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean...
2: So mm. it was
1: plastic? Yeah. Like, it was... And it was big, too. It was probably... I don't know. Dinner plate-sized diameter?
0: There are times when people... And I know I've fallen guilty to this. If you have a 3D printer, it doesn't mean you need to 3D print everything. <laughs> you know, there are there are better better materials than 3D printing for many things in life. So uh yeah we actually might be it's an hour drive but i probably would go check that place out just to see what they have i love supply warehouses places where you can get materials like foam for example and it's probably a reasonable price if you're getting direct from the manufacturer so
1: so when you say a warehouse are you talking Mm -hmm. like you walk in and like they just have like racking and you can go pick stuff up like at home depot or lowe's or like like there's it was like zooming all the way around it was
2: like the, the secondary part. Wow. It was a warehouse, and I thought I was expecting some kind of, like, giant foam store, like a Home Depot. Yeah. I walk in, there's, like, nobody, and it's, like, there's a couple, like, couches, and I just found someone. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, you kind
1: of you feel know. like you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt yeah.
2: like, but they had a sign that uh, said it open the to places. the public, so yeah. I figured I was in the right place, and I was like, I need these panels and some base traps. They're like, okay so it was a pretty quick trip once I got there.
0: That's so exciting. I I love places like that. And I gotta
2: thank you for the, what was it, the Super 77 glue? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the best.
0: Yeah, well, none have fallen off yet, have they?
2: No. Perfect. It was very easy to set up. So what
0: we're referring to is, um, how do you attach foam panels to the wall? There's a lot of different ways to do it, but many of them, people end up saying they fall off the wall, so... Pins, thumbtacks, nails, whatever—it pulls through the foam. Um, suggested uh, to use super seventy-seven glue, and actually, the cool thing is, we'll have to post a picture of this. Is that all the panels are at angles? They look like diamonds on the walls, and they're mm-hmm. actually artistically laid out. Yeah, thank well
1: you. Done. Just yeah. eyeballed it. Just did it. I love the the couple that are wrapping around the corner.
2: Yeah, I'm glad that there. worked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I don't feel so like good. cutting <laughs> these, so I just shoved yeah. them into it, the corners, and they
1: gives still it worked a kind out. Of organic alien, but organic.
0: Yeah, it looks really
2: unique. I yeah, like it.
1: Didn't take too long. Are you going to do some on the ceiling eventually, too? I
2: think? don't know. I, I guess I have to measure out, see how many I have. Um, probably not, but I could do some kind of design up there. Hmm.
0: could paint the panels like an old-school pizza, like a pizza restaurant. I feel like it's ah. only pizza restaurants who do that. Yeah, have you know. ever been to a restaurant that had a painting ceiling that didn't yeah. serve pizza?
1: No. I no. don't know. <laughs> I, I know what not you, I know what you're talking about. We're like you know, different classes of schools and stuff will come yeah. in, and they'll have an autographed. To- yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's always a pizza place.
1: Actually, I think one of the Coney Islands up by where I grew up did it.
0: Yeah, that's- so. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we, tangent there, but that's yeah. okay. I-
2: Other than that, uh, just working on the website uh, mm. for um, putting in an online store. It's basically made, but I just have to make sure it's gonna work with like with this, the can't talk with the, um, <laughs> system I use for taking payments and stuff like that. Cause I'm using a se I'm using Squarespace, but I use square for my transactions. Right. So I got to figure out a way to keep track of inventory. basically. Sure. So uh,
0: when you upgrade to the, the, uh, shopify or so whatever their support level is you know that i'm sure you're on that that support whatever they have the included support and uh
2: it gives you the shopify access uh with square they give you like three options that you can use for an online store Mm -hmm. with Squarespace, it's literally just you just do it on the website and you just link your uh paypal to it we've
0: been doing that right now that's why i know about the well my business partner has been doing that while I was gone so we've run into some of these inventorying systems and things that they have and um, yeah so the maybe we can talk about that off yeah let's, off there yeah, we'll because, figure that out. yeah there's we've he's he has been he showed me last night to kind of catch me up because I was out of town um, on what he's been doing and part of that was inventory tracking uh, and and adding items to the website for sale so it's not it, it looks so easy, but it's not at all easy.
2: Yeah, I just wish I didn't... When I started my business, I didn't use Square and I used, like, Stripe or something like that. But yeah. But anyways, that's what I'm working on.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that's a, a lot of the work you don't see kind oh, yeah. of projects. So what you got, Tim?
1: I, uh, I finished up a long-time uh, uh, desire um, in one of my hammer shots. You know, I arguably have too many hammer shots. I have two... Uh, that are uh, done up with the uh, Orange ModWorks OTAC kit, and then I have two that uh, have uh, the Gavin Fuzzy 8-round cylinder in it. They have the blaster parts uh, hammer and trigger, and then they have the black steel props handle covers. Um, And I have rather small hands, so the blaster parts um, trigger and hammer is a little bit big for me to quickly pull as a sidearm prime and fire one-handed. So they're, they're more kind of, I don't know, display pieces or pull them out for pistols only rounds where I'm going to use a, the pistol more as a primary. And for a long time, I've been eyeing the, um, the barrel kits that uh, various people have uh, done reviews on. And uh, I got my hands on the Maliang 3D and Yang uh, HS04 prototype, which is a very small barrel, like a snub nose type blaster.
0: Not to interrupt, but that's how you say the name?
1: Maliang 3D and Yang.
0: No way. Yeah. Can I see that? It's
1: right
0: there. Huh. I didn't so that so I'm sure many many of the listeners have seen Maliang they post things all the time on Facebook, on Reddit, they get reposted by someone or paid to post on Reddit. And this actually says Maliang 3D and Yang. So it's like they added a business partner. I've never seen that. Well,
1: and, all right. So, and underneath the Picatinny tech rail, it has that but it's Maliang 3D and Yang Nama. Hmm. So Yang must be the nickname that that partner goes by.
0: That's cool. I've never yeah. seen that before. They always just refer to themselves as Maliang. Yeah.
1: But uh, I had been eyeing this uh, this particular barrel to add on to one of my hammer shots for a long time. And so now it's got a barrel, it's got the the handle scales, it's got the metal hammer and trigger, it's got the eight-round cylinder. So it, it's a full-out, you know, something I would pull out for a pistol's rounds or for... Uh, uh, trouble in terrorist town or something like that so I'm, I'm really happy with how this came out
0: it looks really cool yeah i also think it's funny it says prototype on it yeah so.
1: prototype 04
0: <laughs> so did you get a special one
1: no no they, no, they, they refer to this as their prototype 04 oh barrel. okay i was
0: gonna say is that the fourth one then they just sold you their their back stock
1: no they've got uh i don't know probably six different barrels you can mm, get at this okay. point you know the one that drac reviewed you know probably two years ago They've got the one that they call their, I think, Magnum. That's uh, you know much more full-bodied and looks kind of sci-fi-ish.
0: Yeah. Um, It actually is. It's small enough to be complimentary. Yeah. Um, I think it looks pretty good.
1: Yeah. The uh, the one that Drac reviewed is much longer, and uh, and it almost makes it too long, at least for me. So, but I'm really happy with how this turned out. I had to do a little bit of shaving on the barrel because, or on the uh, the body because once you add the barrel, it kind of cinched things up in Mm -hmm. a way that. It hadn't been before and the cylinder was uh was uh binding up some so
0: so what purpose does this serve for you in the grand scheme of your 70 hammer shots
1: <laughs> so this one will be one that i pull out for just pistols rounds or for trouble yeah you, you're
0: saying out. that earlier okay so this is this is basically your primary yeah or is
1: yeah i would use this one as a primary would
0: you would you take a would you take a build like this to end war as well
1: Probably not because I've only honestly only pulled my hammer shot once in combat mm-hmm. at an HVZ, and that was actually this past weekend. Um, it's only there as a backup in case I need it, and because this barrel is now on the front end, it, it doesn't a it doesn't fit in my narrow base holster. Ah, uh, right. Um, and it's uh, it adds some height to the top of the blaster, so it doesn't fit in some of the standard hammer shot holsters. So. I'll have to find something new if I want to holster this one.
0: Okay. I gotcha. All right.
1: More yep. complications. It's
0: looking good. Yeah. Um, I haven't worked on anything. As I was saying, I've been out of town. Um except for, you know, my my business partner on Blaster Shop, BLSTRShop.com. We're trying uh we're we're getting all the background information before we launch it, um, up and functional to uh to have, uh, items in stock for sale and figuring out how to properly, uh, display that and organize it. So, uh, it's on its way. So yeah. Uh, nerf events that we've attended. Uh, there is, I think, uh, Tim's the only one who's attended an event and it sounded awesome. So Tim, go ahead and take it away. Tell us all about this. I,
1: uh, with a couple of members of the SDNC, I made a road trip down to Youngstown, uh, this past. Saturday In Ohio, right? Youngstown, Ohio to, uh, Youngstown University. For their Harry Potter HVZ yeah. <laughs> event. And uh my wife and I are both big Potter heads, and uh we really you know enjoy you know sharing it with our kids and just the the magic, no pun intended, that mm-hmm. Harry Potter is. And uh so when I saw that Youngstown was going to be doing a Harry Potter themed HVZ, I, I knew I had to go. I usually go to their events anyways. But uh, this one being Harry Potter-themed made it all that much more special for me. And uh, I we usually don't get down there for the Friday night, which is when they do their Mission Zero and their BFG mission. Uh, so we picked it up with Mission One. And what I found out was if you count Mission Zero, the BFG mission, and then they had four regular missions and then Final Stand. That, so that's seven missions altogether, and there's seven Harry Potter books. So each mission corresponded specifically with the events in one of the books. And I thought that was really cool. Um, with a little bit of a twist that I'll what? talk about in a second. I was going you oh, okay, you're going to yeah, save... Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll talk about okay, that twist. Okay, So the first one I experienced was mission one, and that was book three, which is um, Prisoner of Azkaban, um, which if uh, you're not familiar with Harry Potter... Um, that one deals with one of the members who is a werewolf or one of the characters who is a werewolf. And uh, so the mechanic for that, uh, mission was we had to find four parts of a map that showed us a path that we had to then kite this werewolf. And, And he was changing back and forth. Did they
0: give you guidance though?
1: Not really. I mean, we we So in mission briefing they told us four areas that we had to hunt for the map pieces, mm-hmm. and then we went out and we had to find the four pieces and combine them, and that showed us the path that we had to take. Now, right. once we had the map, then we could go find the uh, special uh, NPC who was uh, Lupin, and he was alternating between being human and being a werewolf. And when he was a human, he was cooperative, he would, he would talk with you, he'd help you out, but Randomly, he would wolf out and he would turn into a special zombie. And uh, he would line charge and try to tag you. Now, they had a special mechanic in where you could distract him when he was in his wolf form by howling. So, if he got close to you, someone that was, you know, maybe 50 feet away could howl and he would then go after that person. Mm-hmm. And then Once he got close to that person, then another person that was in another area of the field could howl to distract him. So using that howling technique, we had to lead him along the path that was on the map and then uh, get him back to a certain point.
0: So was he a a werewolf for a long period of time? Like, what are we Um, talking about? Minutes? Seconds?
1: Probably about a minute. Okay. He he would alternate between. And some people were thinking that there was actually a, um, a trigger word. Because it seemed like every time we said the name of a special because there were there were several tanks out there, there was a boomer. There was another NPC special that was the weeping Willow um, and they had uh, one of the moderators just pool noodles taped all over him. And so he was <laughs> acting as a block between one pinch point and you had to try and get past him. right. Okay. So anytime you said another special zombie's name, he wolfed out
0: that was actually the mechanic yeah that's well nah.
1: we believe No, nobody ever confirmed that but it seemed like every time the name okay. of a special was said he wolfed out right so um
0: that's a cool idea though yeah. i have a really funny image in my head of this guy with pool noodles taped yeah, all over
1: it, I, I hope there's pictures and I'll, <laughs> if i find them i'll let, i'll share them um so then that was mission one mission two um was three mini games because uh that would put us in the fourth book, which is the Goblet of Fire, which mm-hmm. is Harry competing in the Triwizard Tournament. So there was, um, we played Quidditch, and some of the player, some of the humans had to actually play Quidditch with each other, and then other humans uh, had to defend them from the zombies that were trying to get onto the field while they were playing Quidditch. Um, we had a mini-game where we had to get through certain uh guarded areas to get to put our name into the Tri wizard cup and then uh there was uh, it is escaping me now what the third mini game was uh but anyway so that was the second mission was it was several mini games and and moving around campus and dealing with that and then uh after that was the order of the phoenix which yeah. I'm I'm forgetting what they... I just
0: for... remember angst, and lots of it. There was so much angst in that book. There was a
1: lot... Oh! Dolores Umbridge was following us around campus and, and uh, giving educational decrees. So
0: you shot her a lot, right? No,
1: if we shot her, she would vamp out and... Uh, or not vamp out, but she would uh, turn into a special and kill us. Would have
0: been worth it. Yeah. I would have shot her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... Apparently the BFG mission gave one player a Basilisk Fang that would take out anyone special. Mm, Okay. But by the time Dolores Umbridge was on the field, the person who had the Basilisk Fang had died, so we didn't have access to it anymore. Oh. Yeah. Um, So then Mission 4, we we all get back to um, the briefing room, and we're getting ready to start Mission 4, and uh, Bogue... Who is their uh, their president right now? Gets up and at this point, this is when he announces that uh, you know we're fi- we're going book by book. And if you've been paying attention, you know, so this brings us to the Half Blood Prince, which is my favorite book by far. And we're gonna do it all. We're gonna f- hit all of the plot points. We're gonna uh, do all of you know we're gonna we have a really big long mission here. And in the middle of him describing everything that they're gonna do, a hooded mod, pretending to be a Death Eater, pops his head in the room, points a wand at Bogue, and goes, Avada Kedavra! And Bogue falls over on the floor, (laughs) dead. Because for those of you who aren't Harry Potter fans, that is the killing spell. I
0: used to know the page that Dumbledore died on because there were some jack jerks. (laughs) They're bad people who would wear a shirt that said Dumbledore dies on page 731 or whatever Uh, it was, something like that. They'd go around and just... That's, that that that's was the be- that was my first like internet trolls experience. Of course, I read the book as soon as it came out, yeah. but you know the uh,
1: yeah. b poles. So, so Bogue falls over on the floor dead, and uh, um, Judah, who is the head moderator at uh, Bowling Green, gets mm-hmm. up and she's like, "Okay, folks, that's it. We're moving on to final stand. So the entire fourth mission was just a, a red herring just to Sixth get that mission. Avada cadaver yeah. joke in there. So that, yeah. that was hilarious. We all just lost it when that <laughs> happened. Um, Final Stand was honestly the best Final Stand I think I have ever participated in, End Wars included. Mm-hmm. Um, and Youngstown has a really cool thing where they always get use of this uh, the university football stadium. So they have a nice... Um, big open area, and they they take advantage of the fact that there's, you know, the the yard lines put out and everything. It's always kind of cool just to, you know, walk up into the football stadium and realize that that's where you're doing your final stand. Oh, nice. So uh, so for final stand, they simulated the Battle of Hogwarts in Book 7, and uh, they had three layers of shields where they had plastic balls set out on the yard lines, and a zombie could run up, And take one ball in each hand and take it back to their starting area. And if they got all of the balls off of that yard line, that layer of shield fell, and then they could move past it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Voldemort is out there, and he's unstunnable. So Mm -hmm. even if you kept all of the zombies from getting to the balls because you had that much firepower, you couldn't do anything about Voldemort, and then they eventually put a couple of tanks out there Mm -hmm. who were also able to take the ball. So the shields did eventually fall. And while a majority of the humans were out holding the line, keeping the zombies from getting the balls, there were also a small task force that was up in the stands hunting for Basilisk Fangs, the Sword of Gryffindor, and the Horcruxes. (laughs) And Harry was up in the stands as well, and once they could prove to him that all of the Horcruxes had been destroyed... This was a mod, I imagine. Yeah, Yeah? it was actually uh, uh, actually their president uh, Bogue and Sierra are their game directors.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: so their president was pretending to be Harry. And once he was, once they had proved to him that they had destroyed all the Horcruxes, he would then, that, that would convince him to come down and die, come down <laughs> and die. And so he would face Voldemort and, uh, have one epic final showdown. So, uh, I was on the line with my FDL and I had the uh, privilege of, uh, to, of working with, uh, yellow squad because red team was completely wiped out by that point so red team
0: is literally the guys who and girls actually it's guys it's a team of guys and girls who wear red camo pants and red accents on everything right and they are
1: hardcore like they they actually like practice drills and stuff yeah they they know their tactics oh we're doing that next
0: year you know it
1: they are very efficient (laughs) and sam got jesse who is their founder and leader and another guy out in one run so they in, I think, Mission 2 or 3. Oh, no, it had to be Mission 1 because he did Troll Squad because none of the starting zombies showed up. Sure. So in Mission 1, Sam got their leader and another guy out. So by the time we got to Final mm-hmm. Stand, all our Red Squad was down.
0: Wow, we okay. Still had,
1: we still had two guys from Yellow Squad. Um, who Those are the guys that have the 900-round hopper nemesis.
0: So Yellow Squad, do they do the same kind of shtick as Red Squad? Yep same yep. friends or something like that yeah and
1: i don't know what university they're from although apparently brett worked with one of the guys mm-hmm. that has the 900 oh. round hoppers back when he was uh um in fort wayne
0: yeah that that's ridiculous i'd like to see
1: that yeah 900 round um, hopper so in addition to their 900 round hopper nemesi, they also brought a huge military surplus bag mm-hmm. out that just had drums and magazines and and extra, um, nemesis hoppers and just plopped it down on the field. So as we were holding line, if we ran out of ammo, we could run over to their bag and slap a couple more mags on our loadout. So we spent quite a bit of time and rained quite a bit of foam. Uh, the first shield was at the 30 yard line. So uh, as we had to fall back to the final, uh, shield point, we were looking back towards where the zombies were and just from the 30 yard line to the end zone was just a sea of foam.
2: We, we cool. literally, yeah. I,
1: I think I counted, I unloaded 15 18-round uh, mags, a 30-round drum, and uh, might have even been more than 15, 18-round mag. but I had 11 on my person, plus I i took a few of theirs and unloaded <laughs> them, plus one of their 30-round uh, infinite drums, and it got to the point where I was actually down to using my hammer shot and scavenging rounds off the ground because I ran out of every piece of ammo. Wow, yeah. But... That's um, amazing. Yeah, it, we, we, we went into it feeling like we might be able to win, but they, they had enough adjustability on the difficulty with Voldemort and adding tanks and whatnot that Harry didn't end up standing a chance.
0: <laughs> Poor Harry. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to lose, right?
1: Yeah, and, but he died and destroyed the last Horcrux in himself and then came back to life and then Voldemort caught him and killed him again
0: but so. that's not how it goes well
1: that's how it went this time unplayable <laughs>
0: completely unplayable
1: um, but <laughs> huge shout out to uh to bogue and sierra and all the mods that had youngstown for putting together an amazing hvz event this past week you
0: know what's awesome about that you are talking about it but i haven't i haven't seen it anywhere mentioned anywhere on reddit or facebook or whatever uh everybody's been talking about ragnaroktoberfest and yeah. and even then I'm not sure how much these specialized hvz's get publicized but I'm glad you're telling the story because it sounds really nicely done
1: it, it um, was a, a very very well done HVZ yeah. um I I didn't enjoy the one I went to in April as much and that was that was what they call a survival tational so it was a bit slower paced there wasn't uh breaks in between missions you kind of just were out there for the entire day um alternating between pvp and uh dealing with the zombies and it was you know, it wasn't really my flavor so mm. getting back to a, a more traditional as i've come to know at hvz this time was was nice and they really pulled out all the stops
0: cool yeah so. sounds great
1: yeah it was a great time
0: just want to point out a little bit, I thought this was interesting. So Ragnaroktoberfest, I don't know if there's a history there or if this was the inaugural. This um, is the
1: first one that is as big as they did it. They, they have okay. held it in the past, but it was in a different area and nowhere near as big as what they did this time.
0: Interesting. I, I thought it was interesting that they decided to do the um, human... What's, what's their term? I, I call it HVHVZ, but I know it's not the... The commonly accepted name, um, humans versus humans versus zombies.
1: See, I know that as survival-tational because that's what Youngstown uses.
0: Okay, so that particular format of play, um, that's what we play here for basically our main games. Uh, our main, what would we call that? What's the game mode called uh, that we zombie do? Death match. Zombie Deathmatch. Zombie Deathmatch, right. So when we play Zombie Deathmatch at, at uh, Z1-3, uh that's the way that we do and it always works out pretty well i mean the zombies of course always win but it usually works out quite well that there's a good bat- lots of good battles going on yep. and that may be down to um the facility where we play but um i i heard some questioning uh about that format itself even being viable but you know we've been playing it for a while and it works out great yep. and it seemed to work out well there too
1: i kind of just threw it out there when we were doing our end war prep night just because it was mm-hmm. a quick and easy way where people would have already known the rules for what what we wanted them to do without having to come up with rules and explain stuff on the fly yeah it was pretty straightforward you get hit you're dead and you become a zombie
0: yeah it's easy to understand you're right yep so uh yeah club z13 uh october 20th coming up this weekend
1: can't wait man
0: yeah i'm pretty excited for it halloween Um, edition we're debating, right now we're debating on our costumes. We're trying to go for something fairly low effort because we didn't have time to prepare. So, um, but we're going to do costumes. Do you know uh, what you're going to be? <laughs> I just wanted to grab like, honestly, I just wanted to do like uh, animal, uh, what are those, animal pajamas. Uh-huh. Nice. But I, uh, Michelle sounds like she wants to do something a little more fancy than Involved. that. So our I, I'll tell you our original idea. I don't think we're going to, we're not going to do this, but our original idea was to come as a nerf dart and a rival ball <laughs> <laughs> good. and we figured out how to do it. Um, and then we decided like a rival, whoever has to be the rival ball is going to have a, not a very fun time because they're going to be bumping into doorways and people <laughs> and be actually playing would be really tough.
1: Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So
0: Uh-oh. you should do that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so my family, we always do family, um, costumes. So like two years ago we did Star Wars. I was Vader. My wife was R2-D2. My daughter was Leia. My,
0: what?
1: My, uh it's backwards. My oldest son was um, Luke. And my younger son was Yoda. Um, last year we did Marvel. Um, so I was Deadpool. My wife was Black Widow. And then we had Spider-Man. Um, what was Milo? Spider-Man, Iron Man, and... Uh, my daughter was Thor.
0: Okay, cool.
1: So this year we're doing Harry Potter. Ironically enough, uh, I'm, I'm being Lupin, and my wife is being Tonks, and then <laughs> my kids are being Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Nice. Um, that's uh,
0: that's. I mean, so the kids are still into Harry Potter these oh, days. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh really? Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. My son is. Um, my, that's my, my wife and my oldest son's thing is she reads him a chapter every night. Okay, yeah. So they're almost done with Order of the Phoenix. But my costume for our family thing won't be ready by the time Saturday rolls around, oh. so I, I think I'm going to pull out last year's costume because that'll fit kind of... The Deadpool costume? Yeah, that'll fit yeah, in with the tactical gear and stuff. Yeah,
0: good fit. <coughs> you going to come with baby legs?
1: <laughs> no, no.
0: I want to see those baby legs. No. It'll be. I, I saw it was going to be pretty cold this weekend, so... <laughs> gonna come around like uh you know by the time we leave it'll be in the 30s and yes we are in detroit it's cold
2: yeah we'll have the heat on this location has heat
0: it, which is nice uh, so we're gonna actually condition the air
2: a little bit a little bit, bit. for you guys you don't want to go too warm because you'll sweat regardless for sure. of the time of year
0: I, I was thinking that it's
2: gonna be yeah. it'll be comfortable oh very oh. but once you leave you know yeah all. Yeah,
0: you can't guarantee the external yeah. temperature of the building yeah Well, it's a good thing about costumes is uh, coming. Yeah, coming from Florida, I always I couldn't wear costumes because it's always you know ninety freaking degrees at Halloween. Not really that hot, but uh, eighties at at, on Halloween every year. So wearing a costume, it just gets miserable and gross. You think about all the whoever plays Mickey and Minnie down at Disney World. Oh God. Don't even want to go don't talk they, about that. Don't
1: they have like special cooling suits? Well, they've got like a fan
0: and they can have cool shirts, but I know everyone, not everyone uses a cool shirt and and definitely, you know, not all of them have fans. It's, Jeez. yeah, rough, rough way to, to live, but that's, you know, how it goes. Uh, when you live in Florida, everything's a little, your perspective on things is different. Kind of like up here in Detroit, your perspective on cold is a little different. So about the environment that you're in, uh, you'll find the, you'll find that everyone has adapted to it. So, yeah, uh, today's topic, we decided, uh, we want to talk a little bit about tactical gear and everyone in Nerf, it seems like Nerf, everyone likes to have a little bit different, um, setup in terms of what they wear for each event. And the nature of Nerf is that we have multiple types of loadouts. You have dart loadouts, you have even... I'm hoping people get to short dart loadouts soon, and that's what I'm going to talk about. But uh, you have rival loadouts, and I'm sure there's some weirdo out there with a vortex loadout. Uh, comment Buff on... Buff Daddy.
1: Does he? Buff Daddy nerf, yep. Cool. He, he runs I, vortex. He I've, never, I've
0: never even seen a vortex blaster in play. Yep. I mean...
1: So Buff Daddy, he has uh, like a, a carpenter's belt that's got three pockets that he wears as, as pretty much his exclusive tactical gear. Okay, yeah. And then he can put his uh, his uh, Titan mag, or not Titan mags, his uh, Tyrant mags or his his Vortex mags or whatever he's running. It up. He runs bows all the time with the actual the Nerf arrows. He yeah. He runs those occasionally. So whatever goofy off-the-wall blaster he's deciding to field for that mission, the Carpenter's Belt really...
0: That's kind of fun. I like that.
1: I I sent you the pictures of him with all of his tyrants.
0: That was Buff Daddy Nerf? That was Buff Daddy Uh, Nerf. And he also... Hook a brother up with some tyrant mags, man. I don't want... He
1: he actually bought all those tyrants. He didn't just buy the mags. I can't...
0: Busby hasn't said a single word to me. They've ignored my email, so I'm going to write them again. I would call... I might even try and call them and at least get an answer. But uh, yeah, they have not said a single thing Mm -hmm. to me about purchasing tyrant mags separately. So, bummer on that one. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. So, okay. Uh, tell us more. Sorry, I was, like, no, I was about fine. to change the so, subject there. Um,
1: so, I'll, I'll jump into my tactical gear, and it's evolved over the years, and, and that's one of the, the points I wanted to, to really touch on, is that don't be afraid to evolve and, and change your gear to find whatever's going to work best for you. You know, mm-hmm. at, at uh, End War 17 is where I really had to... Um, make sure that i had a a decent working loadout, and i started with just a battle belt and i had a Mm -hmm. uh, a hammer shot drop leg on on my right side and i had a uh, apex tactical uh four by 18 mag holder on my left side Mm -hmm. and then i i had my strife as my primary and a hammer shot as my backup Mm -hmm. um but for end war this past year I had the FDL by that point. So I knew I was going to be shooting a lot more foam. So then I went with the full vest. Um, always going with the narrow base holsters. I love narrow base. They're a great product. Uh, they, they're they a lot sturdier than uh, the uh, free ones that are available out there. Not to knock what uh, Foam Blast and, and Michelle have put out for the community at yeah. large. But, uh, I,
0: I totally agree with you. It's nice that they've put those out there and that they're free, but when you actually see the, the narrow base holster next to it, I don't know if it's a matter of thickness, um, but especially the, the narrow base holsters have a little more a um, little more meat where it counts. So they the parts that the edges where uh, you need a little bit of guidance to get the mags in, they've got just ever so slightly um, nicer design to guide the mags in and have a little thickness there, so you're not chipping off corners or whatever. Uh, they're well done.
1: Yeah, my only yeah. complaint is that they're PLA, so and they're need, expensive. They're they're expensive, but they're worth the money. Yeah. Um, but they're PLA, so I gotta be careful about where I leave. Yeah. The, and
0: then uh, again, yeah. I I always have to check myself when I when I start talking about Nerf, or you have to think about it in in the grand scheme of things. Nerf is it's a cheap hobby.
1: It is absolutely.
0: Nerf, Nerf is and I've said this in private chats, things, but I like cars. I can my I've spent you know one item for a car, costs more than everything I've ever spent on Nerf. Mm. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. Wheels Um, and tires, more than I've ever spent on Nerf.
1: Yep, and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, having to worry about what I do with my loadout isn't as big of a deal when you think about the fact that my two primary blasters are an FDL and a Caliburn, Mm -hmm. and those are completely 3D printed, so I have to take care of those as well. So either I'm taking everything in or... I'm taking nothing in, and then I have a huge pile of slag the next morning.
0: Yeah, mm. so that's got to get the higher quality products going in the Nerf yep. industry. So,
1: but uh, my current loadout consists of the Condor MCR four uh, battle vest with the uh, hydro pack on back. Um, I have a, just a generic battle belt that I picked up that I, I sewed a strip of molly on the inside so that I can help keep my dump pouches and, um, and various things where I want them and they're not sliding around at all. Um, and then depending on my need for additional ammo, I will still run my Apex tactical drop leg, um, to get those extra, extra few magazines of ammo. Which, and that's
0: kind um, of the HVZ. Yeah, that's, that's You're not my wearing HVZ that loadout. For I don't work. usually,
1: no, I don't usually wear the, the, uh, drop leg holder, um, for our Z1 three nights because our matches are so quick. I usually don't get yeah, pass, you don't need it. You know, Plus, we, mags.
0: we're going to, again, speeding up that time. We don't have time to reload every single dart and every single magazine. Exactly. We need to get more games in.
1: Yep. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I mentioned that I have the, uh, the corresponding hydro pack for the, the Condor MCR4, and, and that was something I really wanted to touch on is, you know, don't just worry about what you're going to put on your vest. For your blasters, but you need to worry about the environment and the t- amount of time that you're going to be out there. You know, everybody loves to shout hydrate or hydrate when they're out, uh,
2: you know, playing mm-hmm. at
1: End War, and and water is a huge thing to to keep your uh, your mind on so that you're you're getting ample fluids. But uh, you also need to worry about sun protection. So I wear a uh, boonie hat whenever I'm out playing outdoors, um, so that I can pull the brim down and keep the sun off of my my ears and my nose and whatnot. Um, you need to have, you know, worry about where, you know, if you're going to be carrying your phone and your wallet on you, uh, where you're going to be able to put those that are safe. And luckily the, the condor vest has pockets built into it to put those, uh, my battle belt always has a rain poncho in it so that if a freak rain shower hits or, or if I need to quickly protect myself or my blaster from rain, I've got that on me. Mm Um, and you know, as I mentioned both my primary blasters are 3d printed which doesn't always have the smoothest corners
0: I just want to point out what you said about the the rain poncho you said it you kind of just glossed right over that's a, a really good idea for anyone with electronic blaster or anyone who just I don't know wants to stay dry yeah it's kind of a cool thing to that add to your that y- is your all, kit
1: yeah I've got one little pouch on my battle belt that it's always in there you know sometimes I'll tuck a map of wherever I'm going to in there as well but the rain poncho is always there. I haven't had to use it yet, but it is there in case I ever do. And it's just a very small, very thin, lightweight one that I could quickly pull out and throw over myself if I needed to.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, but the last thing I was going to point out is gloves. You know, I have a pair of, uh, they're just baseball gloves, and they happen to have an orange digi camo print, which my FDL has as well, so they kind of tie in and match, but... Uh, uh, especially with 3D printed blasters or, you know, if you're out in the heat and sweating a lot, you know, g- getting that extra little bit of grip and protecting your uh, hands from getting blisters from repeated, uh, you know, priming and, and, mm-hmm. and holding um, what might be a rough When edge. I
0: play with my caliber and I can't play without it, without a set of gloves, yeah. for example.
1: Yeah, and that was partially what made me start to incorporate that was the grip on the caliber. And it, it's, it's a comfortable grip in and of itself, but there still are some rough parts on mm-hmm. it that it for will, sure. will irritate my, my hands. So I've, I've got those gloves that I, I don't ever play without. Even once I turn bro, into a zombie. Bro, get
0: calluses, bro. <laughs> yeah. Get strong, bro.
1: Even once I turn into a zombie, I usually leave the gloves on just uh to... Yeah, I like gloves. Yeah.
0: Good for, good for protecting yourself while hopping over walls or yeah. if you're a zombie. I don't know. Yep. So. Not touching the sweaty disgusting skin of humans <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that that kind of wraps up that there, yeah that
1: kind of wraps up and you know, I talked about my gear I talked about the the points I wanted to so
0: so what are some points that you ran in, some pain points what are some things you felt the need to change over time
1: well one of the things I recently changed is um, at nwar I picked up one of project FDL's uh, mag holders which, is a derivative of the fdl's mag well so it's got an actual mag release uh lever on it so to help keep them in Uh, and i had that on my belt but what i was running into was that uh the open exposed top of the magazine i kept working darts out and so i'd go to pull one of those mags and it'd be half empty because i had dropped mags as i was moving around on the field so um you know, parts of my, you know, each each individual part of my tactical year works great on its own. But once you start to have a battle vest that sits very close to your belt and, and sometimes your drop leg holster, uh, they don't necessarily work in tandem with each other. You know, I, when I st- added the, uh, the vest onto my loadout, I got tried to get away from wearing the drop legs as much as possible because I really felt like compressed and, and confined and, and mm-hmm. losing the drop legs um, freed up some of that mobility and made the the entire rig more comfortable so um you know it, it's mostly just how things interact with each other i think is was my biggest
0: can uh, you keep your your side arm is basically on your belt not on a drop yep. leg yeah i moved yeah. it
1: from a drop leg to the belt so mm-hmm. that if i need to it's still on my right side i can pull it prime it and and shoot with gotcha hand.
0: yeah cool so. that's uh you you've pretty much optimized your setup over time
1: yeah, it's optimized for me right now. You know, six months from now, I might decide that something isn't working how I want it, and I'll I'll start playing around with it again.
0: So I would say I'm in the middle of my setup right now, and my my quest for figuring out how to carry things, ac- yeah. you know, optimally. Uh, I have a uh, Condor Tactical Ronin chest rig, which I think is one of the more common uh, ca- magazine carrying setups that people use, but. At least it's what I found when I was getting into the hobby. But I I personally have found that I'm not a huge fan of a number of items associated with it. So
1: now you mean the Ronin in specific or just the Ronin
0: in specific. I will say when it comes to Condor, everything they make is really nice quality and their price does not reflect it. I'm sure they make everything in the cheapest possible factory in another country because the what they produce, the quality is way too high for what they charge. Um, I, I just I don't get it. Every all the materials they use and the buckles and everything are awesome. Yeah, uh, very durable. Scratched up the paint or the actual color, not the paint. The uh, color of the fabric holds up great over time, use, wear, things like that. Um, we've actually been doing experiments in dyeing, and we've managed to dye the belts um, to change the color. But the nylon is they use this 600D nylon or mil spec nylon. It, we've We've used like bleaching agents and, and dye remover agents to try and take the color out. and all it does is get a little bit lighter. Mm. Uh, we can't get the color out. So um, my wife is is working on particular on a new setup to be lighter and faster. and she which is also the direction I'm going into. Um, her new setup, she ripped off the or an, we have a test belt that we're testing all kinds of stuff on. The test belt, she ripped off the 600d nylon and sewed on the color that she actually wanted in place of it because we just couldn't dye it. We couldn't make it the right color, and she, uh, she wanted it to look nice. So uh, getting it to the, – the only way to get through that was to cut off the, the Condor original material and put, you know, other stuff on, which I think we, we buy from Strap Works. They make nylon, and uh, they actually will sew you a few items on it. So slings and things like that, they'll, like, pre-sew you some items, which is kind of nice. So, uh, in terms of the tactical Ronin, I love the way it it fits. It feels really, it feels really nice. Once you get it adjusted, it is pretty big to start with. Um, so, so it'll fit big guys, but it doesn't, it didn't fit me at first. Um, I also got the, um, hydration pack. And once I really cranked down on all the uh, straps and buckles on it, uh, it fits me great. Now the tactical Ronin, has a buckle in the front. A lot of these rigs, they have some sort of system where the front is all molly pan, uh, molly paneling. But this one has buckle, so you can take it off like a like a jacket or a shirt or something like that. And I, I've found I just I just don't like that. It doesn't work because that pushes your molly webbing off to the sides instead of allowing it to be centered when you need to carry more magazines and you can only mount uh, more left or more right what happens is when i go to shoulder my blaster the stock has a tendency to smack into the magazines um and it also has a tendency to uh to for the stock on the blaster to sit on the buckle system which is unrelated to where the molly webbing is but the design of this there's a it's it basically the stock pushes into um, a buckle and like a velcro patch area so it's not a stable platform to shoulder your blaster on So I find myself bringing the blaster up and kind of fiddling with it to get it aimed up to the proper target and trying to take aim. So for End War, I ran it without a stock, uh, so I could turn it faster and move faster. And I basically just did that because of TK-1138's recommendation, uh, not really knowing the fact that it would, you know, the stock would have have just been completely scratched up from shouldering and unshouldering and bouncing around. Um, The 18-round magazines, I mean, I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm under six foot tall and it's the magazines, the 18s are tall enough to kind of hit the stock sometime and get in the way of my mobility or at least my flexibility. So I've been moving extra mag holders to the left side of my vest in order to free up that right side faster. So I need to carry more darts. How do I carry them? Move them to the left and sort of in my, in my side area. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy with where it's at right now. I'm trying to figure that out. But that's kind of the HVZ spec. I've been doing this at least long enough now and playing enough games that I'm figuring out how to uh, do a long game HVZ spec, but now I'm more interested in a faster uh, a faster loadout. Not even a loadout, a tactical gear. How can I be faster? So I know a lot of you guys out there, um, uh, Jengular especially, have been really pushing the uh, competitive nerfing scene and moving that forward. We don't have that here. Um, It's something that we've talked about. It's something we really want to do. Uh, We just haven't pulled the trigger. We don't have someone to lead it. I had talked about leading it at some point, but I've got Blaster Shop going on right now, which is taking all my time. But I really want to... I know it's going to happen eventually, and I'm I'm thinking about how to use the faster gameplay style in our Club Z13 events. So to be faster, there's a few things that I feel like I need. I would like to use half-length darts for our zombie events the i i don't know why people i think i know why people don't do this it's because you can't get half length dart or half length mags from jet that easily they're just so hard to get um, i ordered a few in their pre-order and you know 10 12 months later or whatever that nonsense was it, it was like four months or five months but still um i got my katana mags yet you can't buy them they have they're up for another pre-order round and so you know you're you're crippling an aspect of the hobby so I think that's a reason why a lot of people came out with their own versions three d printed half dart mags those have their own problems they're not durable um, in in the sense of being fast, you want to be able to drop your magazines. I'm trying to figure out how I can one hand drop a magazine uh, out of my blaster while the other hand is reaching for the other magazine the next one to load it in. Right now I have to use two hands I hold the trigger with one hand and I yank on the magazine because it's very stuck in my particular blaster and then I have to use two hands to install the second magazine and then my knee to slam it home because it is so sticky in there I want to make the new setup so the blaster uh, so the magazine falls out my tactical gear has to support that Uh, in that case uh, katana mag holders they take up less space they get in the way and you can carry more darts in the same space um, with the, I'm not sure 100% on the rules of the Blaster Tag Association, they seem like they want to limit the number of darts you can carry per game, which is fine with me, because then I can carry even smaller, the same amount of darts in a smaller space with Katana mags.
1: I think the, the standard is 50 darts per person. 50
0: darts, so yeah, you know, you're you're going to, well, my darts don't come to that number very nicely, but uh, maybe a couple in a in a hammer shot secondary or something like that. But carrying four magazines from Jet, you know, no matter how you feel about them, it's it's a very viable option for a competitive type of setup. So working on that with a new belt and also a new way of slinging my blaster. So uh, I don't have that in yet, and I'll report back on how that works when I actually have this um, single-point sling vest where I can drop the blaster, just completely take my hands off it if it jams, runs out of ammo, whatever, Draw my sidearm faster than I can insert a new magazine and keep on playing. Mm. So, working, yeah, working to get that uh, operational and fast and not having something on my shoulder to block my stock for when I need to take shots. So, heading in that direction um, and really diverging to have an HVZ specific setup and a fast mobile setup that we can use for games in the club and for eventual competitive nerf. Whenever we get to that point, so gotcha. yeah, that's where I'm at with my loadout. So and also moving to a hammer shot. I have a Kronos right now that I love, but um, trying to trying to get my dart standards together into one I'm blaster. A
1: big proponent of using one ammo type.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. So moving to a hammer shot by necessity, and having tried a few modded hammer shots. So a PSA to anyone who has been who has tried a hammer shot and thought this is absolute trash, which is how I felt. At first, because whenever you go to prime it, you tend to lightly tap the trigger and it, and it pops a dart out, like half a dart length out of the, the cylinder. Um, that happened to me all the time. Uh, when you put one of these modded kits in there, either the blaster parts or the orange ModWorks kit, the trigger does stiffen up a little bit. So the, re- the catch release is, has a little more force behind it. And you don't end up getting these accidental mm, half discharges or whatever you want to call it. Uh, at least that's what I'm finding. So.
2: Uh, Connor, uh, can
0: we go on to you? Unless you have any questions.
2: <laughs> um, well, I'm looking forward to talking about the future of Nerf. Maybe it like the competitive part. Mm-hmm. I think we should save that for another. Yeah, I would like to podcast. talk about that in an episode because um,
0: I'm. I think as a, I don't know, maybe as adults or whatever, as anyone, um, that's where I'm really excited about. We get really competitive when we play in the in the club here. It's there's nobody's just well, people are out there having fun, but nobody's just like. La di da, walking around. Everybody's.
2: Has I a, think it's inevitable. I, we just have to have to make sure there's like standards on the wall, like mm-hmm. you yeah. know, just sportsmanship and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Sure. Um,
0: I think enough people would probably play. I don't know about regularly to have. a I practice. think it would have to
2: start off as like an event, like not so much a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe like a quarterly or twice a year or even once a year mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Right. You could on. be like, here's like the East Coast national tournament here's the west coast national tournament and then a third one that's i don't know in the middle (laughs) (laughs) well we technically are the midwest but yeah um no i'm excited to see where that goes i think there's going to be something happening in the next year or two now you've been running
0: yeah yeah exactly so um Um, so you've been running a nemesis and rival rounds which is completely different than what we're doing have you thought about switching
2: I'm going to go, uh, you know, the dual wield of the Prometheus is my mm-hmm. next uh, yeah. no <laughs> uh No straps. Raid, <laughs> no straps. No, you know, just kidding. Urgh. That's um, why you've been working out, right? I'm training for uh, End War next year to <laughs> dual wield the Prometheus. Um, <laughs> I'll get
1: you a shoulder uh, rig so you can wear two more on your shoulders. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. four of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, one big button,
2: I just yep. pound my chest, and it just, they all shoot. Light like Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um I'll probably end up sticking with Rival. Yeah. Um, So at End War, I... Plenty of people do. I ran... I had a uh, side-strap Kronos on my leg, and I did the pro... um, I'm sorry. I also had a Nemesis, and I also had an um, Artemis. That's how I started off. I ended up losing the Artemis and losing the Kronos and just went straight Nemesis. You were hilarious. And then I ended up losing the... And I know you probably shouldn't, but the Hydro Pack. I felt like the games were not that. The missions were not that long, where I felt I needed it. I lost the gloves. I went very minimal. I ended up just doing the Nemesis and just that mid strap with the paintball. The pod paintball belt. pods, yeah. yeah, pod tubes, That's and a I was great like, and I was like, that nemesis. was and, and
1: that was the day three. And I was like, I wish I kind of did this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Although it's very lightweight. And what we might think about you for next year is about with just several dump pouches because the the Yellow Squad guys. One of them was using a 900-round hopper. The other guy just had all of the different stock hoppers that they had collected from their four or five nemesis, and he kept the spares in dump pouches. So like, he,
0: entire,
1: yeah, entire, like entire hoppers. Oh yeah. So he had like five hoppers on him, one on the blaster Whew. and four in dump pouches. I feel
2: pouches. like that might be kind of clunky, though. Yeah, I that's what I would think, too. How do you I run? Did, I never like came really close to running out of ammo, either. Yeah. Um, I was just very smart with... Uh, Loading up those tubes, like as we were yeah, going to the next so point. So
1: that that belt had three in it, and it actually has enough uh, like straps and stuff to hold. I think like six more. Okay. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'll be running end and where next year if something new comes out or or what. I'll definitely bring the Nemesis and Prometheus, and maybe try a day with just the Prometheus and try a day Nemesis and day three figure it out what i want to do but it was a pretty simple setup for me and i I thought it was fine it was all stock um yeah
0: for anyone listening that thinks you need all this gear i would say the bare minimum you know for a rival setup as connor said just a way to hold a couple extra um browns like an old paintball setup somebody you probably know someone who will give you one because plenty but of people have them from when they used to play. They're also quite cheap on Amazon. Yeah. And I they're think,
1: quite cheap. I think Tom got his battle belt with with four hoppers or four pods for like $25. Yeah. Well,
2: next year, I'll, I'll bring all my nemesis. My voice is cracking. I'll bring all my nemesis. Uh, I don't know. We don't know where it is. So if we're flying, I'm not bringing all of them. But if I'm driving, if it's drivable, I'll just bring all my nemesis and people can can borrow them if they want. Put dart club stickers on all of them? Yeah. 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 Throw a, the that's branding around. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's cool. Dart Talk stickers.
1: Yeah. One on each side, yeah. Yeah.
0: On your hoppers. Yeah. So Sweet. basically the the rival setup is pretty simple. I feel like the problem a big problem with nerf darts is you need you need an initial investment in terms of um, in terms of gear. You need a way to carry darts and that can be a bit of a pain you know you can make duct tape mag holders you can go as cheap as you want but if you don't want to do that and you want to buy stuff um it the investment creeps up a little bit we're not talking like a lot of money but a significant amount uh for you know that you need to think about the rival stuff the investment is in the actual ammo because there's no way you're getting it all back and it's not cheap but you know it is it's pretty fun i think rival is a lot of fun and people have i don't want to argue about that cuz people have different feelings on it but to each their own so yeah and uh you guys have anything else you want to add about loadouts
1: uh, i think i've said my piece
0: you feel content
1: yeah for now yeah <laughs> i'm sure this is <laughs> we want part to hear your one. voice more Come my on. voice i know i know i'm sure this is only part 1 in our tactical gear and loadout
0: discussion oh yeah I, I cannot wait to try a half dart loadout And I'm sure someone is out there doing it, but I haven't seen it much at all. Bradley, Bradley Phillips. Yeah, I was about to say Bradley Cooper. No, he's an actor. Um, Bradley Phillips over in Australia, I I know he uses lots of half dart mags, but I've never looked at his loadout up close. Uh, But I want to try that with a flywheeler and see how it goes. I think I'm going to have a little bit of an issue with accuracy um, because I'm used to the FDL and... I think going to a strife, I will probably lose some accuracy, and I, I don't know. We'll see how I feel about that. But uh, we're playing pretty close quarters in here. If we were going to go outdoors and have a, a longer range battle, I think I'd still go with the FDL, uh, just in a sort of a different setup. Um, you know, got things to consider. I got to try all this, and that's the exciting thing: is as the hobby evolves and moves, there's reasons to try all these different things. All these half dart adapters that have come out for your different blasters awesome you know they're not fully accepted yet but uh, i i'm gonna see if i like them and if i don't i'll just go back to full lengths so we'll see how that goes all right guys uh shout outs you guys want to want to shout out to anybody about anything at all
1: well i already shouted out the the mod team at youngstown for a great hvz i think uh that's probably all i have sure myself
0: you got anything connor i know we've all well, been um
2: I feel like I'm always shouting out the same people, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to shout out Jang and his channel. Did you watch that 45-minute episode? That's that exactly really what I was going to yeah. say. I listened I'm going to shout it. out uh, Phone Blast yeah. and uh, Drac. those three. Yeah. You guys
0: want to have a quick discussion about what they said? Because yeah. I, I did want to point out that I was expecting them to mention us at some point because I looked in the comments and some random dude said, I'm going to the Dart Club.
2: And, really?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a guy in there, so I'm That's going funny. to Detroit Dark Club tomorrow.
2: Oh, and you're like, they must have said something? Yeah, they us.
0: must have said something. So I, because it was it was long and it, being on YouTube, you can't listen to it unless your screen's on, unless you pay for the, the YouTube Red, I think it is, which I don't do. So being on YouTube, it was kind of cool to see them, but I, I just couldn't sit there and listen to it because I didn't want to have my phone playing a YouTube video all the time. Um, so when I did finally finish it today... I was like, they didn't mention the dark club. What's this kid talking about? Or yeah, it, was a, it was a
2: good video. Um, nobody,
0: nobody came up and said, "Hey, I went to the dark club today and I saw some videos online where I commented on." No one said
2: that. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, no, one kid came uh, two week weeks in a row, blanking on his name. For, you should know his name for the open play. For open play, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, I know he watches the channel. We get that sometimes. Kids will show up and mm-hmm. they'll say, "Hey, can Check. we be in your video?" They're like, yeah. <laughs> stand there really quick and <laughs> get you in like, yeah nice
0: yeah i don't know i didn't recognize the name or anything but uh, i'm sure he'll let us know In uh in our in his five-star review we have gotten reviews by the way oh yeah it finally it it finally allowed us to have a review that um, mean? no no no, no okay. words just like <laughs> oh. numbers oh okay yeah good numbers I'm okay with but... that. But uh, yeah, it didn't it doesn't show it. So one of the things for podcasters out there it doesn't show your reviews for a new podcast for a long time. I don't know we we were at episode five at this point and it finally I checked and saw we had a rating um, in iTunes, which it hasn't shown it to us so far that we've seen. So that was nice to actually get a you know get a number in there, although there were no no actual written reviews, which was a bummer. But if you guys want to have your comments on there, go ahead and post them up so we can actually see them now. Because uh, we couldn't before if you if you said something, it didn't show up. yeah, so. yeah this is a bummer. We do want to hear what everybody thinks. Um yeah. so, sorry, getting a little this one's a just a tad bit longer than what our target is, but I did want to touch on some of the points that uh Jang, Andreana, and Drac brought up over there. Um not not too much into there, but they talked about the competitive nerf, which like like you said, we're gonna have an episode eventually on that. Um but I think they had a lot of interesting things to say about moving forward and growing and the speed at which the hobby's growing. So, uh, and also the use of proper terminology in our hobby so that we don't get in trouble. It's not about, it's not even just about what cops can see. It's about data uh, mining and the words and the terms used in the forums that we discuss our hobby. Um, the the way that we, the words we choose and the way we use them become um Categorized and, and cataloged by um, data services, and to to find ways to describe the hobby. So if we start using terms, um, you know, like gun instead of blaster, uh, they start associating gun with the hobby, and and people start using that. And we've had some some discussions about that lately, and I'm glad to see that Jang uh, um, and the crew touched on that topic. And that's something that we're going to try and keep going here is to use um, safe terminology. And, uh, I think that's a good way to put it. See yeah.
1: terminology. It's, it's uh, one thing to say that you're going to bring out your new blaster to the park and completely different to say mm-hmm. that you're going yeah. to bring your new gun out to the park.
0: Yeah. It's, it's tough. Cause I know people want to call it different names, but, uh, we've, we've chosen how we want to handle it and we're going to stick to that. So absolutely. All right. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick on that shout out as well because, I agree. That was that was my favorite video that I saw this week. <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate you joining us for episode five of Detroit Dart Talk, and we'll look forward to catching up with you the next time. Take care. Bye bye.